All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome back to pod, or the uh, Bench Warmers Podcast, Episode Five. Um, we got some new intro music for you today. You know, something that we threw in there so we could hopefully make the intro not as abrupt. Um, we also have a new format for you guys today. Um, so I just kind of started noticing when I was going through the editing process that we were spending a lot of our time just talking about like the recaps from the games, and that's not really something that we want to keep on doing. We want to focus more on fantasy, maybe some betting locks. And stuff like that just to help you guys out, you know, actually have like kind of more of a purpose to the episode, if that makes sense. So we have a lot of new additions that we're going to be talking about, like for fantasy of like the the star breakouts from the week. And uh, the people that did terrible, you know, maybe let you down some gambling locks. And then we're going to keep on doing the players to start for each week. And then hopefully in the future, reflecting on these to, you know, give ourselves more credibility for when we talk. Um, And that being said, we're still planning on reflecting on the games a little bit. Like when I mentioned a player that balled out, we can talk about that game. When I mentioned a player that did bad, we can talk about that game. So we'll still be getting it to you. We're just not going to go in depth with every single game like we were in the past. Cam, Austin, how you doing? You guys excited? I'm good, yeah. I, yeah as, much good. As, I, as much as I enjoy recapping the games, I definitely uh, enjoy talking about fantasy and betting more. So I'm Excited to try this new format for sure. Yeah, it, it was always a good time to recap the games. It was just I felt like we were rambling on about it. On average, we were spending like 50 to 55 minutes talking about them and then only like 15 minutes talking about fantasy. And I really feel like people watch like for fantasy takes. and That's what they want to be hearing. So yep. I'm excited as well. So to start off this episode, the first uh, portion we're going to be talking about is the recap from the star players of the week, the people that broke out the top performers and the people that busted, you know, maybe the people that lost to your league. And it's time to start going in depth. So I'm going to come out with my number one because it's a guy that we've talked about on the podcast before. Someone that I've always been high on is uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Um, yes. This week he saw 16 targets or 13 receptions, which is just a crazy number to be seeing. I, I want to say he had 132 yards. So he had 26.4 fantasy points in a PPR league. And I see in the future when he starts adding touchdowns on top of these performances, he's going to start breaking into the top 10 wide receivers, maybe in the top five. Yeah, I was playing Stin in the league this week and he had Michael Pittman. So I, uh, I did actually realize that Michael Pittman went off, but not to my excitement. Um, but no, that was really good to see. And I, I saw like some statistics about how the first couple of games of the season, um, you know, their team, Indianapolis Colts, like they weren't really throwing the ball much. They weren't really like speeding up the offense. But the last game, they were like doing a lot of no huddle. Matt Ryan was throwing the ball a lot because, I mean, he had 16 targets. That running back that was playing uh, yeah, Deion Jackson, whatever, he had like yeah, 10 yeah. or 11 targets. So Yeah, like, he balled out this week. That's another yeah, that so the, the passing volume, something. Yeah, the passing volume was a lot. And I'm hoping – that once John Jonathan Taylor gets back, that maybe he sees like you know some good things because of the passing volume. But I don't know. We'll see. I'm definitely was happy to see that this offense at least looked decent though, because they yeah, were not. I hope good. so. I mean, they they had a big win against the Jags. I mean, it was a high scoring game. Let me double check the scores. I just had it up. It was like 30... 34 27. Yeah, yeah, thirty four twenty seven. I mean, that's a huge game for the Colts. I mean, a lot of scoring happening. I mean, even the Jags are doing well. Which, I mean, we all always like the Jags. They're a young team. We want to see them do well. But probably not a lot of great things coming from the Jags in the future. But um, let's see. What else? So, another thing that I want to talk about is that hopefully this is a turning point for the Colts. 
I think we talked about it in the last episode of the episode before, but in the past, the Colts have always started out super slow. They don't come out firing out the gates. And then middle of the season, once they start getting their act together, they start showing that they are a, like, they are a tough team. They're a good team. They're, they have a pretty solid defense. You know, once Jonathan Taylor comes back, I know people have been very unhappy with him, given that he was the first overall pick. But that being said, I think it's that time to start buying low on him. Coming off an injury, a very unimpressive season. That's someone that you can – that when he comes back, I see him per- like fitting into this offense perfectly. Once it all starts running together and they start getting their bearings back, this is going to be a scary team to ha- like to face. I think Jonathan Taylor should be a big part of that. Agreed. If you, if you want to uh, transition to uh, another player that went off this week, uh, obviously the obvious one, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, they both played really well. Yeah. I think if you're a Jamar Chase owner, you kind of like, Kind of like with Austin Eckler from a couple weeks ago, you kind of like had that sigh of relief because he finally he got his touchdowns. He got a lot finally of finally did something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. They were connecting very well that game too. I mean, Jamar had two touchdowns for 132 yards. Great to see from him. So hopefully more moving forward. Austin, you got one for us. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I think you guys took a, a couple of the guys. Um, I was thinking about, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch a ton of the games. Um, So I'm just going to pass on mine. All right. Well, someone that I see that a lot of people are, you know, starting to also breathe, breathe sides of relief about is uh, Kamara. He's been on on the up lately. I don't think he didn't have an insane game this week, but he's picking it up considerably from what he had before. I mean, he's the position ranked 28 for running backs right now which isn't great, but in week five, he had 25.4 fantasy points, 23 rushing attempts for 103 yards. Last week, he saw 19 rushing attempts for 99 yards. And then receiving, he's getting – he saw nine uh, nine targets last game. Yeah. Now, with Andy Dalton being in the offense, I think he has been doing much better. I think Jameis is more the kind of quarterback that wants to throw it deep. He doesn't like taking the safer plays, which that's what Kamara is. So, I think – I mean, if you can trade for him, that's a great trade. I mean, he's going to be going kind of high because he's on the up. He's still liable in Kamara. But if that's someone that you could work into your trades, I would highly recommend it. Do not trade him away. I think that's someone that's just going to keep on performing for us. You know, he, he might have a, a down week or two. But overall, I see him moving up very quickly in position ranks for, for running backs. Yeah. No touchdowns yet for him either. So if he, I know. he starts getting some touchdowns and that can like, you know, shift a lot of his weeks to uh, become a lot better. So hey, uh, I see being just like Eckler, who I also had on my list this week for players that just absolutely balled out. Eckler moved up to the running back one. And like we said, once he started performing, you know, what he's had, this is his third week in a row or second week in a row. Let me double check that actually. Just see what his points were. I know he had like 30-something. So in week four, he had 35 points. In week five, he had 38 points. And this week, he had 24.3 points. That is just ridiculous numbers for them yeah. for him to be putting he's, up. He's been a machine. Yeah. And I, I feel like that offense is starting to rely on him because Herbert has not been performing well. And I feel like ever oh, since yeah. that rib injury, really, he seemed like a little bit more cautious. And... Yeah, I mean, I'm – I'm just going to assume he's like playing through something and he's not the same, whether it be when he goes to extend the throw pass, it's just uncomfortable or anything like that. It just affects his movement and his passing ability because 
he hasn't looked good. That was somebody that I wanted to talk about that, uh, you know, hasn't been performing well. He only had seven fantasy points. Um, and I don't know if uh, any betters out there, if you want to talk about better real quick, but uh, DraftKings had a profit boost for him <laughs> to throw a passing touchdown. And, and it was like, one of the boosted bets. Yeah, and something like 35 out of his 36 games he's played in the NFL, he's thrown a passing touchdown. Didn't pass one that night. Yeah, that's so, absolutely ridiculous. I mean – uh, uh, some of our buddies actually bet on that that night. Cause, I mean, once they see that, like, oh, I did Herbert, too. it was a boosted bet. I think the odds were like plus, plus 150, maybe something like that, which is just, it is crazy to see because, I mean, it's one of the boosted bets. So they're obviously promoting it. But yeah. that being said, guys, Vegas knows. You got to be careful with some of those because they always know. And, they always know. So they have one, they have one tonight for Kevin Durant plus 100 to score 20 points. And I'm like, do I want to get my heart broken again or like, you know? <laughs> but. we hope so. But so uh, one player that uh, didn't have an absolutely insane week, but I would say it's a breakout week. because I don't, he hasn't done anything all year was uh, Kenyon Drake. So oh, yeah. uh, the Raven, so the Ravens ended up losing to the Giants this that game. It was 24 to 20, which all of the expert picks said the Ravens were going to win and the Giants upset them. I mean, there's just, Nothing you can do about that. The Giants are looking pretty solid right now. I think they still might be a little bit fraudulent. I don't see them being absolutely like anything special as the season goes on. But in this game, Kenyon Drake, um, he saw only 10 carries. But that was the most out of any running backs. Lamar only had seven carries. I think J.K. Dobbins had seven carries as well. But Kenyon Drake got 119 yards of a TD. Personally, I don't really see him repeating this, given that J.K. Dobbins is still, is still a threat. Lamar's still a rushing threat. And adding Kenyon Drake there, I think he had his game. I think he's going to continue to have some good games. But that's not a player I would ever really feel confident starting. I just wanted to shout him out. Yeah, no, I agree. I think you're never going to start Kenyon Drake unless you're, like, very desperate. But I think it does have fantasy implications because he obviously – stole carries from J.K. Dobbins. I know a lot of people like J.K. Dobbins coming into the year. So I think Kenyon Drake's performance is more of like, oh, so like now we feel as though J.K. Dobbins is going to be limited because he's not going to get all the carries out of the backfield. So I think that's that was like the big effect from that performance. Yeah. But Let's see. One other um, person. Or do you have something else no, you no, want to bring no, up? No, no, you. What, uh, one other person that I did want to bring up as well was Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk um, – a lot of people are like high on him and they, he's one of those guys that everyone's like, Oh, he's going to break out. And, you know, he kind of just does mediocre and he wasn't doing horrible this season, but this past game, he had eight receptions, 83 yards, two touchdowns, yeah, 28 two touchdowns. fantasy wow. points. So, um, and Jimmy G's looking good. Jimmy G two games in a row, two pass touchdowns. Like did throw two interceptions that game, did, which yeah. what it did. Okay. Not to get off topic, but what a disappointing game from the 49ers. Like, wow. I know. Yeah. No, losing to Atlanta like that. I mean, yeah, Ayuk had two touchdowns. The Ford Niners had 14 points, so he was yeah. responsible for all their – Kittle, Kittle stepped up this week too. Eight he receptions did, yeah. for 83 yards. Yeah. Is, Great has for he him. really for done receiver. anything for them this year? I feel Not like he's – really. Because I took him early in a couple of drafts, like hoping he'd work out, you know, be like not – not like a Mark Andrews or Kelsey, but that kind of like second tier like guy. Like a safety blank. Yeah, it's a great tight end. Yeah, and he just – he hasn't – he really hasn't produced much, so. I think that's going to change moving forward. I mean, personally, I don't – Debo has not been firing off like, like everyone yeah, was just, kind of expecting him to. The San Francisco mm. team just doesn't really seem to be – It's just not clicking, yeah. which I I think Kittle's one of like 
is probably the most reliable guy on that team. Their run game, which don't get me wrong, it, it's a very dangerous run game, has not been performing so far. I mean, <laughs> I think yeah, everyone I mean, was kind of talking about Jeffrey Wilson this week. Dude got like uh, 0.5 points. Yeah, I did start him in the league. So I, I, I started him as well. So, And I also didn't start Deion Jackson or Brandon Ayu. So. Yeah. I did. I did have Jackson start in the league, and I was very happy with that. Yeah, weak winner right there. Um, if you got someone else, can go ahead and bring him up. I'll I was actually. Left, but. If you're gonna talk about a breakout, then go for the breakout because I actually wanted to talk about some uh, some duds. So it wasn't. Yeah, I, I had some duds coming up too. So this one yeah. wasn't necessarily a breakout, but I see it being a breakout or having him having multiple breakout games in the future. And uh, one of our buddies um, from our college actually talks about him all the time. And it is that time where you either need to trade for him or you're, or it's going to be too late. And that's Chris Godwin. Get Chris yeah. Godwin. Yeah. Um, what my buddy was mentioning, um, his YouTube's actually butt muncher, by the way. Hilarious guy. Very, very intelligent, very intelligent guy when it comes to the game of football, shouting him out real quick. But um, Chris, he's always preached that Chris Godwin in almost every single season, has been outperforming Mike Evans, yeah. which in terms of fantasy points and, and such. But um, it makes a lot of sense because Mike Evans is the wide receiver one for the offense. He's, the, I feel like, the scarier wide receiver to go up against when you're playing the Bucks. So that's someone that your defense is going to be focusing on. And Chris Godwin's kind of, you know, the number two guy that's going to be slipping right under the radar. He's going to be performing in this week. He, he had a very good week, I think. Let me double check his receptions and such, but I uh, I know he outdid Mike Evans this week. And granted, the Bucks did lose to the Steelers this week. Heartbreaking. No one saw it coming. I lost a lot. I lost a couple parlays off that. But um, he had six receptions for ninety five yards. Mike Evans had four receptions for forty two yards. And uh, Godwin did have twelve targets as well. So he did. He pulls in a couple more though. That's a really good week. So I see that only. I see that improving from now on, especially when he throws a touchdown on top of those in a couple of his games. Trade for him now if you can. He's not go. I feel like he's not going super high. So before it's too late, grab him. Agreed. Good to move on to the uh, busts. I'm down. Yeah, go ahead, Kim. Start us out. Uh, I guess one guy that I want to talk about real quick, and um, I mean, you were like maybe starting this guy at flex, if that, but. I mean, Melvin Gordon, he had, what, three carries and really didn't go in the whole entire yep. second half. And, <laughs> uh, the, uh, and he, yeah, that was – In the locker room, he, you could tell, like, in his interview, he was, like, p- pissed off. Like, I honestly don't even think he wants to be part of this team anymore. I don't know if they'll trade him or anything, but he clearly got his role taken. And I think it's so funny how after Javante Williams got hurt, Melvin Gordon has seen less work than he did before that, which is weird to me. But, uh, yeah, zero fantasy points, three carries for eight yards. It was at this point. Well, uh, in my notes, I had um, players not to start anyone on the Broncos. Mm -hmm. And then right underneath that, I had um, why in the hell did Latavius Murray get every single snap? Like, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure last week I said Melvin Gordon was one of the running backs that I recommend to start because Mm -hmm. coming into it previous to um, Javante Williams' injury, Melvin Gordon and Javante were splitting reps. Mm-hmm. So then Javante goes down. You see Melvin Gordon take over. You would think that, all right, he's going to be the clear number one in this offense now. But for some reason, Latavius Murray 
let, let me double check his stats. He saw, I, I want to say, 12 to 14 rushing, rushing attempts to Melvin Gordon's three. Yeah. He was on the field way more than Melvin Gordon was. And even that, uh, Kendrick Osborne. Uh, is it Kendrick Osborne? Let me double check that before I start. Or is it? I don't Mike Boone. Oh, no, no Boone. Boone was his name, yeah. Yeah. It was funny, All too, because right, so, you, like, you look to the sidelines and you see, like, Melvin Gordon, like, kind of, like, pouting on the sidelines a little bit. Yeah. Like, you could tell he was pissed off. It's ridiculous so. for him. I mean – Terrible to see because especially, you know, being one of the lead running backs for a team, you would expect that, all right, it's my time to shine. He wants to perform. Their team has been doing very poorly. You would think that they want to be targeting the guys that they're paying, the guys that have been on the team for a while, instead of giving Latavius Murray 15 carries. Now, granted, he had 66 yards off this. Wasn't wasn't terrible. He did pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. So, moving forward, I'm – very, I'm, I might not ever start Melvin Gordon on my team again. I actually, I, I made a very unfortunate trade this weekend to one of my buddies in my league. I sent um, Juju Smith-Schuster over for Melvin Gordon, and the reason behind it was because Juju hasn't done anything hasn't all season. Done anything hasn't yeah. done anything. Melvin Gordon taking over as we as what we thought was the running back one position. I was thinking I got a good trade. I needed a running back to start this week. So I had like I had like five buy like five people on buy this week. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, Juju has like 24-something points, and Melvin Gordon has like, I don't even know, like a zero pretty much, I think. Nothing yeah. really. Trades this past week actually ended up working out for me because, and I'm sure we'll talk about them later, but I ended up uh, packaged to get Saquon. This isn't the full trade. I'm not going to say the full trade, but part of it was I gave away Marquise Brown and Melvin Gordon and – Marcus Brown is now hurt, and Melvin Gordon looks like he's not even yeah. part of the offense anymore. So, so you lucked out there, yeah, and, and you got Saquon in that trade. Mm-hmm. Wow, good for you. That wasn't the full trade. There was other players involved, but no, I'm sure. Just, but I mean, getting a player like Saquon and giving and giving up two two of those players was which. Huge. By the way, we could have easily been talking about Saquon going off. We could have. He didn't slide at the two yard line. Yeah, I know. But he would have been right in there for it. So. Um, just one other person. Uh, no, no, go ahead, Austin. I was gonna say, uh, my uh, one of my most painful busts of the week, uh, was Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, what do you because uh, me, unlike Tony Romo, did not see the Buffalo Kansas City game being a 20 to 24 type <laughs> yeah, of game. That's I crazy, it to be more of like a 40 to 42 type of game. Um, Edwards Hilaire, 33 yards, three points in fantasy. Literally did nothing, and I want to say right now, yeah, he's the 11th running back. Yeah. Um, just disappointing from him. That's I, someone that I would sell on, guys. Listen, Clyde yeah, came out these first trading in- these first four weeks and absolutely killed it. He was getting the touchdowns. He was, you know, getting a lot of the goal line work, a lot, some of the receiving work. And I, he, had, he exploded those first couple weeks. I, it completely shocked me. But if you have him on your team right now, that is someone that I would start selling high on. Get someone valuable in your, valuable in your trades that will produce going forward in the season. But I just don't see Clyde being being that guy that's going to keep on producing. So Yeah, coming off uh, two weeks in a row, six points and three points. So I think you can maybe try to sell high. But, I mean, honestly, at this point, I think that would be It's a little bit late close. for it, I will say. It is a little bit late for it, unfortunately. But – if you can get them out of there and get and try and get a little bit of value. So, yeah. And real quick, 
Uh, Nick Chubb, only seven fantasy points. Yep. Look, when he scores two touchdowns a, a week the past three weeks, you're going to be shocked by that. But with a running back that doesn't get any receiving work, like this is just for if he doesn't score it, touchdowns. It, he's just, he's just going to have games like that. That's, yeah. that's the other thing, guys. Like When we talk about these players, they're not bad players. Like, no. Obviously, okay, well, someone like Melvin Gordon, we don't see him doing well in the future. But if it's a fluke game like Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb still is the person you're going to start every single week. Yeah, no concerns yeah. for Nick Chubb. And, you know, the, the Browns go down to New England. It's like you're you're not going to try and run New England over if it's already not working. Like, you got to put the yeah. ball in the air. So, yeah, after I, what? I think he said – I think they said he got eight, eight of his 12 attempts or something like that. Basically, like 75% of his rushing attempts were in the first half. And after that, he really didn't see much work. So, yeah. And uh, just to be expected. not to backtrack at all, guys, so I'm sorry, but I, I meant to bring this up when you were talking about the players that did good. I don't think Zappi had an insane run for fantasy points, but he had a very promising game that Pats fans love to see. Was such it as really well. he, he was 20? 24 for 34, 309 yards, two touchdowns. Now, Nin- the Pats ended up taking – points. Yeah, which nine teams which nothing to complain about, considering – that I start Brady every single week, and Brady's averaging like like four, like twelve to fourteen points a game, and I have Marcus Mariota sitting on my bench, who also balled out this week. He he had he had I think twenty four to twenty five fantasy points somewhere in that range. I look and uh, go ahead oh, finish. You can finish. Uh, I was gonna say I mean he he absolutely carried that Falcons team. They the Falcons you know beating a personally an elite Forty ers team. They have a great defense. They have a, I say a good offense. They have a fairly good offense with lots of talent on it. So I was, I was just gonna say, I feel like the Falcons are a team that, you know, there's very few guys that you like and like want to start on there. But I believe Pitts got his first touchdown. Pitts did. Yeah, People can see. rejoice. So I mean, I, I definitely see upside in in um, Atlanta, and I think like slowly. As we get more into like the midseason, they're they're going to be stealing games from people, and not only that, I think Mariota could keep playing at like not a crazy high level, but he's getting it done. They're winning games, yeah. and you know he's someone yeah. that's likely going to be on your waivers. I don't think a lot of people were taking Mariota as their backup QB. So no, I yeah, I have a uh, what's going on Mariota off the waiver wires in two or three of my leagues, and granted, I haven't started him because I have Brady in those leagues, and it's just how often are you? Do you feel confident starting Marcus Mariota over Tom Brady? Exactly. Right. Yeah. You have to make a ballsy call for that, which this week it would have paid out. But I just never sit down and think like, yeah, this week, you know, Marcus Mariota is going to do great against a good 49ers defense. So um, one other player I want to shout out from that Pats game is Ramondre Stevenson. Yes. He had oh, yeah. 19 carries for 76 yards, which isn't crazy, but two touchdowns. Personally, I feel like the way this Patriots offense has been running they are trying to complement their passing game with the run game. They're trying to make people respect their run game. And Stevenson has been that lead back. In the past, uh, the Patriots have always had a three-headed monster running back, or at least two. They've always had a cycle of running backs to keep them fresh, to keep them going. But as of right now, Stevenson is taking a large amount of rushing attempts and has been performing. I mean, Let's see, for the past four weeks, so week three, he had 20 points off 12 rushing attempts for 73 yards and a touchdown. Week four, he had 13 points. Week five, 21.5. That was the week he had 161 rushing yards and no touchdowns. But a huge win against Detroit. And then this week against the Browns. So 
I, I just feel like moving forward, that's someone that I'm comfortable starting. He's the running back ranked nine, which I see regressing as the season goes on. But as of right now, that's that's a player I, I feel great at starting at flex. Yeah, I mean, injury to Damian Harris, so he's getting, like, more carries than he probably would. But even yeah. – I would say even when Damian Harris comes back, I could see him getting 12 to 15 carries a game regardless. If he's and he gets all the receiving ha- work. If he's yeah. running the way he has been, I, I don't see a reason to stop that. No, yeah, like, I even with Damian Harris, if he does come back, like, I would still be comfortable starting Ramondre Stevenson. So. Yeah. So, moving back to the players that did bad. Um Lamar and Herbert probably let a lot of people down this week. Um, I know there Lamar was the most, uh, I would say. Uh, dude, I don't know. Herbert. So one of our buddies, uh, I'm not in a league with this guy. I just heard about it. He was down by like 15 points going to this Monday night game with Herbert and Mike Williams to play. Oh. So you would think, right, with Justin Herbert and Mike and Michael Tom, or Mike Thomas that you could gather 15 points or 16 points or whatever it was and that kid lost by two points pain yeah i feel so bad for also him. that mike williams catch at the or it was like i forget if it was the end of regulation or during an overtime drive but mike williams had a catch on the sideline that they should have reviewed because if you looked at it at it after I, his feet i think in. i i think i do remember that yeah yeah but yeah t- i mean that's what you get with mike williams though like everyone knows he is that that guy that is either going to score 30 points for you or score five. And well, I just think right now he's been seeing a lot more targets because Keenan Allen, that being said yep. though, he with being the clear cut wide receiver one on offense, defense is playing against you. They know your yep. name. They know what their plan is to hopefully shut you down. But I think honestly, once Keenan Allen comes back, I can see Mike Williams doing better only because I think, he was kind of their yeah. deep threat guy last year, and so far he he hasn't been that guy. So, you say when Keenan Allen comes back, but when is that going to be? And is he even gonna, like? I don't even think he's going. Like, I hope he's fully healthy when he comes back, but it's a hamstring, right? And those linger. So it's one of those things where it's like he could come back for two weeks and be Keenan Allen and go out and grab you know nine catches, hundred yards, maybe a touchdown, whatever. But if it react like if he if that flares up, he's gonna be out again. Which so. I would not I would not be surprised if it does, just because Keenan Allen, mind you, has also was last year was the king of consistency. Mm-hmm. He was at he was getting like 15 points a game. He was literally averaging 15 to 20 points a game, which is on which per- personally I am perfectly okay with that as a fantasy owner. Like you yep. obviously want to see your players get more than 20 points. But you also never want to see him bust, which Keenan Allen never did that. So, yeah, no, yeah, with Keenan Allen, like if you have a, a wide receiver like him, I like personally what I like to do in fantasy is I like to pair a receiver like Keenan Allen with somebody that with has like huge boom potential. You know, that too. Yep. But like, like if you have like oh. Keenan Allen at your wide receiver one, and then somebody that obviously not Mike Williams because they're on the same team, but somebody like that who can like have like a fifty-yard touchdown at any point, it's like. You pair those two together, and that it's a pretty good duo. So, yeah, I like it. Let's see. Uh, is there anyone bust? Somebody. I was gonna say. You can go, go ahead. ahead say just a, a boom, a boom bust guy for me who I keep on the bench in a couple of my leagues is uh, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I had to. I, I had to start him in a in a league this week, and uh, I felt pretty confident because he's had some really big games. 
uh, and he's shown that he can get it done. But to have 1.8 points this week is embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> All of the Jets receivers at this point, just unstartable. And I think that's because of Zach Wilson, unfortunately. He's just not good. Yeah, yeah, he's really not. I mean, it's too bad. Jets have been cooking. The, the Jets team. The Jets team is looking good, though. Yeah. They do. Which I, good, yeah. I, I, you know, being a Patriots fan, I don't – I shouldn't say I love to see it, but I do like to see when bad teams start to transition into that good period. Bad for the Patriots, I, but I see us having some good games against the Jets this year. Yep. Brees Hall season, too. I don't know if we didn't talk was, about him, but that's – that's a guy That's, I think can have top five potential. I mean, he's running back six right now. Yeah. There's, there's two young guys who I think are going to finish in the top ten. Um, Pearson. And I'll just tell you, yeah, it's Pearson Hall. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean both of them like, are falling out. Great for them. And, you know, we move on to, you know, players that we really think are going to, like, do well this week. I, um, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to have Pearson there because he's – Oh, I was taking Pierce this week. Yeah. He's projected yeah, I saw, points right now. I saw a report on one of the various apps that I have. Uh, the head coach is looking to see him get 20-plus attempts a game from now I on. I saw that. Yeah. Love to see it. 20-plus attempts. And now, mind you, Pierce is a guy you're taking in, what, the sixth he was, round? He, he might he was, he he might get him really late. Like, other, like, I think the week, the one week before the season started, he started creeping into, like, Sixth round, fifth round, maybe, but like before that, you can get him in like the tenth, eleventh round. Well, so when I was doing my research for the season, I just remembered like uh, people mentioning Damian Pierce. He was like one of the guys that was going later as a likely running back one, and being a running back one in an offense such as you know the uh, the Texans where they don't have a great passing game. That was someone that I was definitely buying, not necessarily buying high on, but I always had in the back of my mind that when I saw him start creeping up that board, it was a player that I was reaching for. I couldn't get him in all my drafts because sometimes, you know, people just don't go around the right area. Someone else is on the board that you feel you have to take. Yeah. But for how great he's been doing it, I'd love to see it. Yeah. That guy for me going into the year, just to quickly bring him up as well, was Kenneth Walker. And the reason I, that guy was for me was because, because lo and behold, like you never wish injury upon anyone, but Rashad Petty always gets injured. And lo and behold, he's out for the rest of the season. So Kenneth Walker yeah. is the running back one for them. I have Kenneth Walker in a league right now. I'm starting him over Aaron Jones next week. Yeah. Because wow. we haven't brought him up yet, but Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, yeah. has been a bust. So. I know. You guys actually – so what? Uh, we're not transitioning to that period yet unless we're ready. But for the players to start, you guys just took my two my two starters. So. Oh, well, time to think of others, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I'll find another one. But Actually, I wrote mine down. I forget who I even chose. but Let's see it. Real quick, guys, I'm just going to pull up Aaron Jones so we can talk about that for a couple minutes. Ew. And Dylan, too. Like, more so Aaron Jones, but A.J. Dylan's been a bust as well. well. Yeah, I mean, uh, personally, like, two good like two good running backs. Like, we talked about last week, a scary running back duo to have. But So, right now, Aaron Jones is ranked number four for positionings of running backs. And I feel like that's mostly due to the point, to week two when he played Chicago. He had 34 points. Um, other than that, the only other good week he had was when he played New England and he had 16 points. But other than that, he's either gotten 10 or he's gotten below five or below below seven, sorry. So being the running back 14, that's still someone that I do feel like okay starting. He's Aaron Jones. But talking about the Packers, 
they should be scared right now. They should be nervous. They have not been doing good. <laughs> they, I'm looking at their their roster right now, um, like on offense, and they, I just don't like. I see names that can get it done, but none of the names like Jones hasn't really been doing much. Lazard had a touchdown last week, but it meant nothing. They lost to the Jets. Like it just looks like their roster needs a revamp. Yeah, they they need, I mean, they need some 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 new well really some new receivers in there. They really need to start going through their rebuilding period. The problem with doing that is that they just signed Aaron Rodgers, and how do you sign a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers for the contract that he got, and you're not and you like and to start and then like, lose Devonte Adams and then you lose Devonte Adams like what yeah well they... it's that but it's like how do you try and rebuild with I shouldn't say one of the best quarterbacks. In the league. I know he hasn't been performing well, but Rodgers is still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He has the resume for that, you know, coming off two and two back-to-back MVP or a back-to-back MVP season. So I just don't see how they can make that contract and then feel okay with trying to rebuild, which is honestly what they need. Is so, Lazard the, the number one over there? Like, is he supposed um, to be the – yeah. It's just a mix sure. of a bunch of people. Randall Cobb I know, just got hurt, but like – Yeah, uh, uh, someone Duke, I wanted to shout whatever. out. That did actually have a good game this week that I tried to pick up in a couple of my leagues, but I was I had a poor waiver wire over this week. Was um Robert Tunney. Oh Robert yeah. Tunney had he had like 16 points or something like that. And I just I just feel like the wide receivers in that in that offense are just lacking. If you're not Alan Lazard, you're probably not seeing targets, definitely not consistent targets. And I feel like Tunyon's the only other like receiving player that's gonna see upside. So I would grab him. Unfortunate year. Yeah. So moving more into the players that you guys want to start this week, the players that we think are going to have good weeks, maybe the players that you guys want to take out. But starting us off, we're going to be talking about the quarterbacks that I think are going to be, you know, should have a decent week. Um, One thing I would like to mention right now is that Tua and Dak Prescott are back this week from injury. Um, This changes up their teams a lot. You know, for the, for the Dolphins, they have finally – they can – not run their third string quarterback. Look, maybe start looking like the Miami Dolphins. They look, they looked like for the first three weeks. And then um, Dak coming back too, guys. You have any any thoughts about Dak coming back? Because I, I know we talked about this last week on if what they were going to do. I, but. I think it's that same situation where it's they've got all this money invested in them. They probably feel like they're forced to play them. Yeah, and just given the stats in the games, we know that Cooper Rush did not have a good week against the Eagles. Granted, the Eagles are a scary football team. Like, their defense is looking good. Their offense has been moving. Their offense for their run game has actually been very dangerous because, like, once they get up, they start relying on their run game, and then they still have A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith being absolutely, like, terrors of deep threats and getting the yak yards. So, both those two players, so Dak and Tua coming back, um, starting off quarterback. So I had three, but one of them was being two up. I just, you know, I mean, I'm kind of surprised he's back this early. I haven't really kept up to date with his like concussion status, but I'd hope he'd be firing on all cylinders if he was cleared and ready to play. And just given, you know, we've talked about the talent on that offense with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, he's bound to explode at any time. Mm-hmm. I mean, his first three games, he threw for he threw eight touchdowns for two interceptions. Um, for I mean, 
I, I shouldn't say an ungodly amount of yards, but obviously that week two game against Baltimore where he threw for 470 yards and six touchdowns, that attributed to a lot of his, you know, reps. But this week going up against, let's see what they're playing, Pittsburgh this week, who their pass rush has dwindled like since week one because they came into the year. We mentioned it in the first episode. They had a scary goddamn defense. Their pass rush mm-hmm. was looking good, but now their pass rush is beaten up. Their secondary has been looking shaky. I think this is a great game for Tua to come back for. Yeah, I, I agree. agree. I, I like think this is, it's kind of almost like a safety game for him to come back and not have to worry too much about, yeah. you know, grinding out a win. It, it Not that it's going to be handed to them, but it should be. Yeah, given, I mean, fairly easy game. Last week, I feel like a lot of people thought the Bucs were a lot because they were playing the Steelers. And lo and behold, the Bucs. But I, I think it's a different situation there. The Bucs have not there. been looking good. They have not yeah. been looking like the team they should be looking like. They've had yeah. their struggles. And I see that bouncing back. But I think it's a different case for the Dolphins. Yeah. And I, real um, quick, not to oh, – oh, sorry, Stan. No, no, I, I was in Cam, go. I was just going to say, not to bring it off topic, but somebody that we didn't talk about going off, Tyreek Hill, can we just appreciate that it doesn't matter what quarterback he has. He's been balling. Like, everyone thought he's, it was yeah. just Mahomes, but he put he's, up 170-something yards. Like He's looking like the most dangerous wide receiver in the league right now. Yeah. Really? He's I mean, obviously, quarterback proof. Cooper Cup has been getting fed. So, it, it, it's hard not to call him wide receiver one. He gets, he gets fed. But it's I just think like... Tyreek makes more plays happen. He's, you know, the fastest – or like up there for the, one of the fastest players in the league, extremely explosive, can make a play out of nothing. And then, you know, he'll be doing nothing the entire game. And all of a sudden he has like a 60 yard touchdown where he just burned yeah. somebody. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. I know we're talking about getting these, it done. but yeah, I know. I know. Good quick shout out. Um, I'll give my, my last quarterback. So uh, actually I kind of had two, but I see both these games being a little bit higher scoring. That's why I, I, I said both these players. But I think Kyler Murray is going to have a good game against the Saints. Honestly, I just hope so, dude. Saints I have, have a good so defense. But yeah, I, I don't have either because I'm not a big fan of reaching on quarterbacks. And Kyler is one, you know, one of the, the top three to four quarterbacks going off the board. Mm-hmm. But I see Kyler having a good week, and then I'm hoping Goff. I know one of the last times yeah. I mentioned Goff, I said he was going to have a good week, and he did. So I'm really hoping that I can be right about this one again because I should – let me double-check something real quick. They are playing the, the – oh, yeah, they're playing Dallas this week, mm-hmm. which I'm hoping is going to be a good game. I think if Dak Prescott comes back, he's either going to do good or he's going to do bad. If he's doing good, the game could be back and forth. If he's doing bad, the Lions are going to have the ball a lot. So mm-hmm. – yeah, and real uh, quick with Kyler Murray, obviously Marquise Brown is now hurt, but it happened at a pretty convenient time because DeAndre Hopkins is set to come back, and obviously yep. we know we know who DeAndre Hopkins is as a player. So hopefully DeAndre Hopkins being back, Kyler Murray looks more comfortable and he's able to just play better overall. Um, at least yeah. that's what I'm hoping for. But yeah, I like both of those picks. Stu, do you want to give us some QBs? Yeah. Um, so uh, I also had Kyler Murray. He was going to be my number one especially mm-hmm. with uh, D-Hop coming back. Uh, who um, they just trade for, too? They just picked up um, they got Robbie, Robbie Anderson. Anderson. Yep, Robbie literally Anderson. got kicked off his own team mid-game. Mid yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think um, – I did see well, – Hollywood Brown is injured, though, yep. right? Yeah. He is. But, I mean, it seems like one went down and they – in Arizona gets two back. So, honestly, yeah. it's like 
I think Robbie Anderson's a great pick too. Um, no, I he's think a, he fits the team very well. He's a he's a very athletic wide receiver. When he was on the Jets, he was doing great things for the Jets. Went to the Panthers. The Panthers have been terrible. They're you know moving on to PJ Walker, their third string quarterback, not looking yeah. great. So I think that's a that's a win situation for him going yeah. to, going to the Cardinals. So I, I know Steve said Kyler, but I, I would also yeah. go with Kyler. And um, you know, honestly, someone else I was looking at has been very consistent the whole year, but hasn't really been great. Derek Carr against Houston. No, I like that. I like um, that a lot. I think I think Las Vegas matches up pretty well against Houston. Um, and I could even I could see Carr throwing for two or three touchdowns. Uh, do we know where Devontae Adams is at with his suspension? I was right about to ask that, actually, because I remember when it first happened, he was facing jail time. Yeah, yes. I saw something today that said um, he's just going to, kind of like similar to the Alvin Kamara situation, just going to play right now. They're, it's like Apparently, it's like in the NFL's hands now whether they want to suspend him or not. I don't, they're probably going to do some type of review on it, but I think as of right now, I saw he's good to go for Sunday and probably for at least the next couple yeah, weeks. So, I, so from what I'm seeing right now, I'm just reading that the uh, ESPN report off like the fantasy app. It's saying that Adams isn't expected to face any possible discipline stemming from the shove of the, yeah. of the photographer um, until his legal situation pertains to the incident is resolved. So my take on this, I think those charges were put up to try and leverage it, knowing that – Devonte Adams doesn't want to miss any time. He's not going to face jail time. I don't. No, I don't see no. that being a possibility. No, it's not I mean, possible. It's it's such a. I, I know we talked about it last week. This is such a scam situation because 100%. the guy's cl- like clearly not hurt. Granted, I wasn't there. I don't know the guy. I wasn't the guy. Maybe he got a bruise on his ass or something like that. Middle middle aged man didn't look unbelievably unhealthy. Like he it's a dude right pushing up. another dude. He you know, and like the best part is, dude, he clearly just jumped right in front of him. Like, just walked right in front. Like, I know, like, Devontae Adams was kind of storming to the locker room. Maybe it came quicker than he was expecting. But after the shove, he hopped right up. He is perfectly fine. He's chasing yeah. his bag. And, you know, and again, regardless of all that, with Devontae Adams playing, I, um, I really do think Derek Carr is, is a pretty safe start this week, um, especially against Houston. And, uh, he's he's a guy you can get some value for. I mean, yeah, I, I, he's been, like I said, he's just been super consistent between 11 and 19, only one game at 11. And then his other games, 13, 18, 19, 17, like very consistent. Uh, he's throwing for almost almost 1.5 touchdowns a game. Is that right? Yeah. So, I mean, he's had either two touchdowns or none. So I like yeah, him this yeah. week. And I don't think I don't think Houston's anything. Uh, on the defensive side, at least, to really gawk at. So yeah, agree. Uh, yeah, no, I agree as well. I'll run down my uh, QBs real quick. The first one, uh, I kind of talked about it earlier, but Matt Ryan, if this passing volume continues to to increase basically every week, and he's actually passing the ball a lot, and they're moving down the field pretty well, uh, you know, hopefully with Jonathan Taylor coming back, that helps with that, but. I like Matt Ryan if you're, like, desperate and maybe you have a bye or something like that. Uh, I think he's a pretty decent option. And they play Tennessee, who's 28th worst team against the QBs this year in fantasy. So that's always a good matchup. And then a guy that obviously you're going to start, but I just want to shout him out, Joe Burrow. He's playing Atlanta. Atlanta's they're pretty yep. good at de- on their defensive side. But Joe Burrow, since 
I think within the last four weeks has been the QB two only behind Josh Allen. He has been very, very good. Slow yeah. start, but he's picked it up a lot. Um, and that's with dealing with some of the some injuries in the receiving court. Like once he gets all those guys back and they're all playing well, obviously Jamar Chase finally had a really good week. But I think uh, Joe Burrow from here on out is going to be a, a really good lock to have as a QB in your league. Yeah, so. absolutely. Very talented guy, very talented team. And he's another one of those players that it's almost an automatic start every week because it's so hard to take him out. Yeah, it's like how how do you sit there and look at like your your backup quarterback? Like we mentioned, like Marcus Mariota or like maybe Geno Smith for some people. It's just how do you take out one of like the top caliber quarterbacks in the league to replace them? So I would I would agree he, he's pretty much an instant starter. You know, and just to uh, just to mention Josh Allen because I know you brought it up. He um, obviously he's someone you start every week, but every week he just looks more and more like the MVP to me. He's just mm-hmm. – uh, well, one of the biggest versatile things about him, obviously a pair of rockets for arms, very good decision-making, and his ability to run. He just – he, he trucks people. He jukes people. He massive. hurdles people. He's a that, big that, guy. He, that I saw that play where he was on the sideline and he jumped over that guy to get the first down. Yeah. That's like, – It's just with a human being that versatile, he's just – He's just a weapon. Yeah. Like, really, I think he should win the MVP, and I don't think it's close. Uh, I don't know. Lamar's up there, too. Lamar's been – I don't know about struggling, but he's – the past couple weeks has been slowing down a little. It'll tell as the season goes on because I see Josh Allen finishing the season very strong. I see Lamar having – those insane breakout games where everyone starts getting overhyped or I shouldn't say overhyped, but saying, you know, Lamar's MVP easily. I just think mm-hmm. if Lamar can play consistent yeah. along with those breakout games, he's yeah. more value might be more valuable to his team than Josh Allen is to his team. Now, obviously only, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say the only other thing I had is, um, you know, you're talking about Lamar and Allen, Where's Hertz? Like, do you have Hertz in that conversation too? That's, or do you think it's he easier? very well could be? Yeah, I think so. I just, I don't know. I feel like his his passing game has improved. He's been an, an absolute weapon for that team. And I think if Philly keeps the record up, you know, let's just say they only lose three to four games this entire season, I think Hertz is mm-hmm. easily in that conversation, possibly probably beating out Lamar and competing with Josh Allen for it. Yeah, I agree. It's Mostly all about because if that team keeps playing well. Well, it's mostly because I just don't think anyone saw the Eagles coming into the season and being undefeated. I think yeah, if you yeah. were to say that about the Bills or the Chiefs, it wouldn't shock you. But saying the Eagles are like the only undefeated team remaining right now, I think that's a little bit surprising. No, I agree. So, moving on to running backs, guys. Um, I know we mentioned a couple earlier. So if you guys want to bring him up, you have another one. I only have one on my list, but I think it's someone that's going to ball out. So hopefully you guys will say him. You can go yeah, first, then. If we already took some of your guys, then we'll let All right. You say well, the only guy up. I got this week, someone that we, we might have mentioned in a couple other episodes, but uh, Josh Jacobs. No, um, sure. We were just we were just talking about the uh, the Houston defense. They are 32nd against the run. Um, we, just, we just talked about Derek Carr being, you know, Austin's pick for quarterback of the week. I think that there really should be no way the Raiders lose this game. We would hope, at least. And Josh Jacobs has been running like a demon lately. Yeah. He's been a shocker this season. So that's my pick. I'm locking that in. 
Yeah, I had Jacobs as well. Uh, Houston is, I'm pretty sure, 32nd out of 32 teams against the Rebels yep, here in yep, fantasy. Yes. And, and uh, obviously, like you said, Jacob looks really good. So I'm not really going to touch upon that very much because you just mentioned it. I mean, he's been a beast. So I like Jacobs this week. Um, and then I had a couple other guys, somebody else that we already kind of talked about. So, again, not going to go much in depth. But Ramondre Stevenson against Chicago. Yep. Chicago's just not good. I can see – the Patriots just saying we're just going to run it through them this game. We're going to try to waste the clock. We're just going to give, you know, Stevenson 20 to 25 rush attempts. And obviously you've seen he's really good. So I like Ramondre Stevenson against Chicago. And then finally, again, quickly talk about him, but Kenneth Walker versus the Chargers. The Chargers also have not been good against the run this year in fantasy. So I like uh, how Kenneth Walker looked. I like what his workload was. Uh, he truly looks like the lead back there. So yeah, those are the guys I have this week that I think are going to do really good at the running back position. I like them. Yeah, um, said it before. Uh, Pierce just looks really elite, uh, especially with the information coming out uh, about how they want to get him even more involved in the offense, which he's already been doing. Um, his last three weeks have been uh, definitely stand out to the first couple of weeks that he had of the season. Um, but I just – I only see upside with him. He's young. He's – looks really good when he's carrying the ball. He's getting uh, yards after contact, um, and he's getting a lot of workload uh, in the in the red zone. So I would definitely say Pierce. Um, and honestly, another guy who two weeks ago I would not be talking about, but after last week, uh, Najee Harris, I think he has some upside this week. I would um, hope so. Steve made the a face. Fantasy, Steve made a face. Maybe for the fantasy um, over souls, I would hope so. Yes, He's just not I, been that guy. I am a Najee Harris owner, uh, which hurts a little bit. Um, he has not boomed in a single game, which is great. But um, he got 14 attempts against Tampa Bay. Uh, he's only had one touchdown on the year. They're playing Miami at Miami. I – I think he could have a pretty good game, and I hope that the momentum they got from beating Tampa Bay carries over, uh, mm -hmm. and maybe they put some more points on the board there, especially yeah, with, the think, with the terrible QB situation. Yeah, I think Najee, uh, he just had a bunch of bad um, bad matchups. Like, he played a bunch of really good run defenses. And also, he had some type of plate in his foot that apparently he said he finally took out that he said it was uncomfortable. So I don't know if that's going to – help him a little bit. I mean, I've been seeing clips of him literally just missing holes. I don't think that has anything to do with his foot. Um, I just think he needs to get better with his vision and stuff like that. But hopefully he starts to make things click and he starts playing a little bit better, though. Yeah, I, I think I think he could have a breakout week this week, which is you know, I, saying I a lot. So. And I'll probably look back and be like, what the hell? He had six points, but yeah. he's, he's still getting the he's still getting the attempts. So I, it's yeah. really on him, I guess, at this point. You guys want to start out with uh, wide receivers? I have a couple on my list, so I can yeah. I can talk about a few of them, but see what you guys got first. I can, uh, you know, list off some receivers first. We, again, mentioned his name uh, because we started talking about Kyler Murray, but DeAndre Hopkins, I think he's going to come back and he's not going to miss a step at all. Highly um, anticipated. Especially, yeah, especially with, um, you know, Marquise Brown no longer there. Like, those are just all targets that are going to go to him. So I really like DeAndre Hopkins. I think him and Kyler Murray have great chemistry, so it's going to be good for both of them. 
And uh, again, Brandon Ayuk, love Brandon Ayuk. Obviously, I don't think he's going to score like 28 points again, but he's playing Kansas City and against Kansas City, you need to throw the ball. Um, you have to keep up with points, yeah. Exactly. So I think uh, I think that Brandon Ayuk can be a really good option this week. And so I like him. And then finally, uh, this guy's kind of like a maybe. I don't really know. Um, but Terry McLaurin, and the only reason I say that is because Carson Wentz is now out. And he honestly, with Taylor That's a last pick. year, it is. No, it, it very much is. And I don't think this is – he plays Green Bay this week. This isn't as much of a this week pick. It's more of a rest of season pick because if Wentz misses a decent amount of time, he or McLaurin did look decent with Heineke last year. So I was going to say that is we did good. see uh, Trevor Heineke step in and do good things for his team. I mean, yeah. he's not a bad player to have step in. So I'm excited to see what that happens. Terry McLaurin has not been necessarily performing this year. We all know he's a he's a very good wide receiver. He's someone that you want on your team. So hopefully we see better things from him, honestly. I, I would love I would I would love to see Taylor Honeke step it up. Trevor Honeke, Taylor Taylor. I think Taylor. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. But. Austin, you got some uh, wide receiver picks? Yeah. So um starting off, I'm gonna say DK Metcalf this week. Ooh, okay. Um Gino Smith's been playing pretty well. Uh DK's I think he's Top 15 in receiver rankings. I could be wrong about He's that. He's right around there. Yeah, you're right. Um, just playing really solid. Um, uh, he's bound to have, you know, his weeks where he'll get, you know, two touchdowns or something like that. But he's just very consistent. Um, I, I just think he has, a, he has a good matchup. They're playing the Rams this week, I believe. Yeah, and the Rams have not been looking great. Yeah. So. I mean, the thing is about DK, he's still just an absolute force of nature. I think when he gets the balls, uh, the, yeah, the balls in his hand, when he gets the ball in his hand, he's going to he's gonna make something out of it. So it's just depending on whether Gino keeps on doing what Gino has been doing, which I feel like he's kind of been degrading these last couple months or going downhill. Love to see more from him in the future. Definitely riskier, you know, moving forward on – Mostly Gino. I think DK is still a safe pick because he's going to have his weeks. Yeah, and I but, think yeah. I think people get a lot of value for him in fantasy too because he was rated so low because of the quarterback situation there. Yeah, and, you know, I was seeing him go pretty late in leagues. So, yeah, uh, and then the other guy is Juju, uh, coming off last mm. week, um, likely hopefully getting more involved in the offense. <laughs> we um, would hope so, but it's maybe been... with with Edwards Hilaire kind of not doing it so much anymore maybe you'll see some weird like uh juju in the backfield on some sweeps and stuff so i think yep. he just has crazy upside and the chiefs are such a high power offense that he'll get his he'll get his points yeah i just so so far this season juju has been pretty consistent i just think what the problem is and we've definitely mentioned this in past episodes the chiefs don't have a clear wide receiver one they have travis mm-hmm. travis kelsey who is the clear leader in receptions and their main target. But in terms of wide receivers, Mahomes has been spreading the ball out, which is honestly a good thing for their offense because if you only have, like the season before, when you have Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, you know those two two players are going to get fed. So if you shut them down, I feel like in the past their offense was relatively stopped. But with how Patrick Mahomes has been spreading out the ball, I feel better about their offense, honestly. Mm Mm-hmm. So I like that pick. 
Um, so I got three guys um, for very good reasons. So number one, we mentioned earlier, Michael Pittman has been getting an ungodly amount of targets so far. And with the increase, like Cam mentioned, in passing attempts from Matt Ryan, I just see this going up, which I would love to see. I have Pittman in almost every single league. So I have him, I, I have him having a good week. Hopefully a touchdown can be thrown in. I, I like to see yeah. people score more than they get receptions. So hopefully a touchdown. Um, my next up, I think this is going to be a great pick. It's a beat-up team. It's uh, Chris Olave. He's clear from concussion protocol. Um, I, I was reading the report earlier, so Michael Thomas is going to be out this week. I'm not surprised. Let's see. I want to say they had another wide receiver that was going to be out. Is uh, Jarvis still out? Yep. No, yep, it was Jarvis. Yep, he Jarvis is? is out. Yeah. It says right now Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry continue to deal with, linger- with lingering injuries. I'm pretty sure Michael Thomas is already ruled out. And even if Jarvis does play – He's not 100%. So I feel like Alave is going to be that number one target. Granted, it's Andy Dalton throwing to him, which I don't have high hopes for Andy Dalton. But the Red Rocket. Yeah, yeah, the Red Rocket, baby. So I think he's the clear-cut wide receiver one this week, and I have high expectations for him. I think I'm – I was kind of stuck at a wide receiver controversy, actually, in one of my leagues. I want to say in my, uh, my big money league. Let me pull that up for you because maybe you yeah. guys want to give me some insight. But so right now, my starting wide receivers are Pittman and Amon St. Brown. And then yeah. I have two flex spots in this with at, with DeAndre Swift and T. Higgins. So I was looking to put Chris Olave in. <laughs> but over, it's just over so Swift? Hard. Over Swift, Higgins, probably not going to take Pittman out. And I don't think I'm going to take Amon, Amon St. Brown out. Yeah. I don't so know the only the... person I was thinking, because I, I I don't think I could take out T. Higgins. He's playing Atlanta. I was gonna say, I like Atlanta's Higgins ranked 28th against the you know the passing, and with the way the bank with the way Joe Burrow has been cooking, I don't think I can take T. Higgins out. But Swift well, what's was the word on only... Swift? Is Swift even playing? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's cleared to play right okay, now. So okay, he hasn't played. That's a tough one. Yeah, he hasn't played since week three. They obviously had their bye week last week. So it says that they're ready that he's ready to go for the you know for the road game against Dallas, which I see being a good matchup. The Lions have been putting up points, you know, in, in some of their past games. And I think with Dak Prescott returning, like we said, is that gonna be a good thing or a bad thing for them? So yeah. I don't know. I, I'll probably make a last second decision that'll end up screwing me over, but yeah. No, I mean I like Olave, but I if I were to give you insight, I probably would go with DeAndre Swift uh, unless there's like reports coming out that he'll be limited or something like that. Yeah. Um, but that's hard though. Well, so the other problem is that, so normally I always like to have wide receivers start at my, uh, I start at my flex or like if I have a top end running back, but the issue is that I have Brees Hall and Damian Pierce at my starting running backs. So it's kind of hard to put Swift over either one of those players. Yeah, no, I agree. So I don't know. I'm stuck. But moving on to my last wide receiver, talking about the da- talking about Dak Prescott returning is CD Lamb. Yeah. Now CD has not been doing bad so far, and like we you know we, we mentioned it before when we've been talking about how the Dallas team kind of works is that when they pay players, those are the players that they are that they want to see perform. Uh, look, like everyone, but I feel like Dallas, especially that when they pay someone, they're going to be getting targets, they're going to be getting reps, and CD's one of those guys. So with Dak Prescott returning, I hope Dak Prescott comes back firing because we haven't seen anything from 
really from him this season. You know, he got injured in week one, only played like half a game or something like that. So I'd love to see CD, CD do good. That's my take. Agreed. Want to uh, throw out some tight ends real quick? Yeah, and, yeah let's get some into betting. it. I, I, uh, yeah, oh, and defense. We're talking about defense this week, oh, too. Oh, you're right, you're right. Um, so I'll just throw out my tight ends literally just super quickly. First one, Robert Tonian. He had 12 targets last week, 10 catches. Yep. If that volume stays, then he'll be a good option. Um, Gerald Everett versus the Seahawks, his old team. He's been pretty decent. Uh, I think with Herbert struggling, that's hurt him a little bit. But I think Everett maybe catches a touchdown, maybe he gets a couple catches. I like him this week. Uh, and finally, and this is more so if Dak Prescott is back this week, uh, Dalton Schultz. I think Dalton yep. Schultz is going to be a guy that Dak Prescott targets a lot. So I like Dar- uh, Dalton Schultz, but that's only if Dak Prescott plays. So Yeah. So I'll run down mine real quick, too. Um, I, it's actually funny because I'm eating my words from what I said last week. When we were talking about Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill last week, I mentioned that I don't ever see him being able to start at tight end again. But lo and mm-hmm. behold, this week – or last week, sorry, um, you see him starting at tight end in every single – you know, everyone's league because of that boom-bust potential. I mean, like I started him at tight end yeah. in my leagues last week. He didn't do great. But once he gets those rushing touchdowns back, he's going to have a boom. So Taysom Hill someone, if you have him, he's kind of hard to take out unless you have Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey – or Kittle even, but I think he's a start, especially if you're lacking the tight end position. But someone that I would actually love to see, I think he's going to help out the Bucks a lot. You guys may have never heard of him. It's Cade Auden, O-T-T-O-N, because um, I'm pretty sure um, Howard is out with an injury, and Auden's been seeing a lot more reps in general, so him being a tight end one there now, I believe, I see him like helping these this Bucks teams out, and they need it, so – no, I like those picks. Good sleep. Austin, you're up. What you got? Yeah, yeah I'm taking Kittle. Yeah, like good say to make a player. Can never go wrong. I mean, hopefully Jimmy G starts really feeding him. Um, I don't know. I just – everyone knows Kittle is so talented, and it just feels like this year he hasn't been used to the level that I feel like he should be getting used most of the time. Uh, San Francisco's playing the Chiefs, so I mean it's going to be a tough matchup. Yeah, but, I act. I see it being a lower scoring game, personally. Yeah. But I mean, Kittle got ten targets last game, six before that. He's bringing in almost all of them, eight for ten and five for six in the last two. I mean, it, the the 49ers seem like they're kind of starting to. Work out some of their kinks, Doing not better. all of them. Doing better, but I just I think he's safe. Um, and I just there's really not a lot of tight ends in the league that I see that I think are better than him in terms of skill. You know, fantasy might say differently, but as a skill player, I think he's he's really a step above the rest. And you know, obviously, I don't want to say like Kelsey or Mark Andrews because that's just so obvious. But he's that he's a you know a different ring of player that still really gets it done. And I like his matchup this week. So yeah. So moving on to defenses next. Uh, this is a new segment we're adding in just because I feel like there's some waiver wire defenses that you can pick up because obviously when you have your starting defense playing someone like the Bills or the Chiefs, you normally don't want to be like starting that defense. So moving in to my first pick, we're going to be giving maybe a defense to take and a defense to avoid. Um, my take for this week was the Jets defense playing the Broncos. 
just talked about it. Jets or Broncos would never, honestly, at this point, wouldn't start anyone on their team. It's just they've not, none of their players have been performing to what we thought they were going to. They've been letting everyone down, especially when we watch them in prime time, every single goddamn week, it feels. So I like the Jets defense, Sauce Gardner, been going off for them. Or is this, a, yeah, Sauce Gardner's on the Jets, right? That was the player I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, I'm he got the, sure. the cheese hat swatted off of his head. Yeah. Him. Yeah. <laughs> and then, real quick, I'll give my defense to avoid this week. It's kind of an interesting one because we speak, we spoke so highly of this defense week one. It's going to be the Chargers defense. Um, I saw a lot of people this week clowning on JC Jackson, who the Chargers yeah. just signed for a massive contract, coming off a great season with the Pats, being one of the leading cornerbacks. It's just – it's funny to see, actually, because this happens to a lot of Patriots players where they'll be, you know, a top player for the Patriots. They'll be showing a lot of promise. Their, their contract will end. The Patriots will not choose to re-sign them. And then they go to a different team. And they do terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want to say J.C. Jackson's Raiders is one of the worst cornerbacks in the league right now. That's terrible. So, yeah. lots, of, lots of defensive stars, too. Uh, I feel like Derwin James has been doing great. Khalil Mack is still there. I don't think Khalil Mack's been doing anything crazy, but still Khalil yeah. Mack. So I um I got a defense. Uh, I'm taking Green Bay's defense against Washington. Dang. Yep, I was gonna say that. I just <laughs> I mean yeah, sorry Cam. I mean it, it's it's two things. It's I I like Green Bay's defense um, first and foremost, but the Commanders are just not a very good they suck. team yeah yeah. I mean, yeah they suck they do they do they just don't really put points up on the board that thursday night football game it was what like three to oh, zero in the first half terrible that game, was just dude. these prime time or these especially thursday night games they need to step it up i mean yeah, obviously I it's already set we don't have to watch the broncos in prime time i think until late december which is a blessing thank god but, but yeah i just I, I like Green Bay's defense against the Commanders, and I like Green Bay to win the game too. Um, and then for a defense to stay away from this week, it's hard for me to say, but I would stay away from Chicago's defense, actually. Um, I think while the Patriots, you know, on paper don't seem to be the best team, they've been getting it done. They put up Even scoring points. So. I was just going to say they put up 38 last week. And 29 so, against the, the Lions in the week before. And they've been yeah. shutting down teams. So, I mean, see. yeah, as a Patriots fan, I'm loving this. But um, I just – I I see the Patriots just continuing to score. So Yeah. And yeah. especially if Zappi plays well. I mean, he's been doing good. I would take it all day long. Uh, and then, especially with Ramondre Stevenson's too, doing so much better than I had planned on him doing. So, agreed. I like that pick. Uh, I'm not even going to list anyone off because I had the Packers as my pick, and I yeah, really that was that's really okay. Good. I have I have one more defense that I was going to mention just because oh, it, it's it's one of the top defenses in the league. They're playing the Carolina Panthers this week, who have the worst offense in the league, in my opinion. Um, it's going to be the Bucks defense. I see oh, you know, yeah. the Panthers are starting PJ Walker as their starting quarterback. The only, I, I think the only stars on their offense is DJ Moore, who has not shown anything this season. 
He's mostly been a disappointment. Due to play. Disappointment. And then Christian McCaffrey, who from a fantasy standpoint has been doing well, but from a team perspective, I do not think I, – I, I don't see really like Christian McCaffrey being able to carry this offense. So and the Bucs defense team, should have a good week. There's probably team problems going on due in Carolina. Oh, especially yeah, I mean, they're – with the Robbie Anderson altercation and the quick movements, it just, it seems the, like there's the coach, a lot going on. You know, they fired their head coach. Mm-hmm. And the rumors of Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore getting traded. It's just yeah. not a good place to be right now. No. All right, guys. So to wrap up this episode, we're going to be putting in our new segment, um, all about gambling. You know, the, the people that we think are going to score a touchdown this week, maybe the people that are due some of the riskier picks, you know, to score a touchdown. And then at the very end, we're going to be making a parlay live. Whatever we end up, like, picking, we'll talk through some of the lines and such. And then I'm going to make – I'm just going to, like, put that into my parlay. If it hits, it hits. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So, yeah, we'll Steve's going to put $100 on it, and then no, we'll see no, no. if <laughs> – I'll, I'll, I'll probably throw, like, 15 20 bucks on it. Normally, like, in the past, actually, so far this year, I've done a $15 parlay – or not every single week. I, I think – four or five out of the six weeks. I've hit two of them each time to win 90 bucks. That's good. The Ravens screwed me last week. If the Ravens hit, everything else in my parlay did hit. Only three legs, so nothing crazy, but still stuff you want to see. So first off, guys, let's start start out talking about the people that we think are going to score touchdowns this week. So my two people that I think are going to score touchdown this week are going to be Alvin Kamara, I feel like he's kind of due for a touchdown, anytime touchdown. It could be receiving or running, mostly because mm-hmm. of how his play style is. And then yeah. Josh Jacobs. I like, I like that. I like that. I was going to say, uh, you bring up Kamara. I didn't look at what his line was for receptions, but whatever it is, I'm probably going to take the over because you mentioned earlier, Michael Thomas out, uh, Jarvis Landry out. Yep. And Andy Dalton mm-hmm. just loves making those check down passes to him. He has nine targets the last two games each. So yeah, I would um, hammer that. That's good. Yeah, so I like Kamara's receptions, and if you want to throw on the touchdown, like you said, on top of that, I like that as well. So, so uh, there was actually a player prop. Or uh, so the only uh, the only unfortunate thing about making this parlay, guys, is that at the moment we can only really see money line spreads and then the over and the under. Unless yeah. we're looking at the um at the uh what's it called the Saints and the uh, Cardinals game because that's a Thursday night game, so everything else isn't out yet unfortunately as in, in terms of odds and stuff like that. So we can only really give you what who we think is gonna ha- you know what we think is gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, from that game when I was looking at, I want to say it was plus three hundred was the um was Kamara anytime touchdown and the Saints really. That's pretty good. So that that was something that I, I was thinking about throwing down there. I'll probably look at it again before Saturday once more. Or actually, no, they're the Thursday night games. So I'll probably look at it tomorrow before the game starts. Mm-hmm. Maybe throw like like five or ten bucks on it. Someone, um, someone this week I really like for any ten touchdown is uh, Hopkins. New yeah, New I, like, I, the Thursday first night game games. back. Just I, what are those I, odds I just, at right now? Actually, I, I have no right clue. Now. But I'd, ha- I'd, I'd have to surf through it. It might take too much time to find it. But I um. I don't see a world where Kyler Murray isn't getting him the ball in the end zone this week. Yeah. I like that. Um, so somebody that I like to score a touchdown and I'm choosing this guy strictly because similar to the Kamara one, he hasn't really been lucky uh, 
getting into the end zone, but it's a guy that usually does score a decent amount. Aaron Jones, uh, they're playing the Commanders, so I think they're going to be really controlling that game on the ground. And uh, similar to Kamara, he has a lot of receptions as well. So I like him anytime touchdown score. I think he's due. And uh, like I said, he's a guy that usually gets a decent amount, and he's been lacking in that department this year. So I like Aaron Jones. Whatever the odds for him are for that, uh, I don't know what it would be yet. But Yeah. And then I'm just going to throw out two more of mine. You know, I was talking about Chris Godwin earlier. I see Chris Godwin getting a touchdown this week. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. like – I think Kamar is more likely to get a touchdown than Chris Godwin. Same thing with Josh Jacobs. That's why I didn't throw him in my top two. But I see Godwin performing very well this week against a collapsing Panthers team. And then my riskier one, Me, uh, we, we've talked about this in the past, how Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt have been the running back duo. I see Kareem Hunt getting a touchdown this week. Risky mm-hmm. pick to throw I in a parlay. So. It's a risky pick. Because mostly due to the fact it's I, it's gonna be one or two, and I do see Nick Chubb getting a touchdown. But one thing that Kareem Hunt is famous for is Nick Chubb leading them all the way down the field, and then Kareem Hunt being the one to sneak it in, especially towards the end of the game, where he hasn't been too much of a factor in the game. No one's really expecting him, and it's a little dump off pass and he scores. So that's yeah. what we got going. Put the uh, touchdowns. Uh, if you guys have any more, you know, go ahead and feel free to say them. I don't have a uh, touchdown one, but I got some uh, some spread that I like. Yeah, so, so we can start getting into the spreads yeah. and the uh, over-unders. And this is when I'm going to start formulating my parlay, scheming a masterpiece. So, All right, Steve, if I can give you my one lock um, right now, where the line's at. So it opened at plus one. It's currently at plus three. And it's the New York Giants spread against Jacksonville. I was looking at that. Yep. 65% of the public bet by odds from Caesar Sportsbook um, are taking that uh, Giants at plus three. Uh, and I just I don't think you can go wrong because quite frankly, I think the Giants are just gonna flat out win the game. Yeah. So you could even take their money line at plus 140, but I think one of the safest picks you can make this week is New York plus three. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm actually kind of like shocked they're at plus three. I really feel like they're doubted as underdogs, and they've been trying to prove that. But Jaguars are still a scary team to be going against. I, I shouldn't say a scary team, but they do have offensive power, which is a concern for me because I think the Jaguars are a good team that could upset some teams, which, I mean, I, I know like, Jaguars are favoring this, but I would consider them being the five and one Giants, and the Jaguars are two and four. I would consider if the Jaguars beat them to be an upset. Or yeah, yeah. If the Jaguars beat the Giants, it would be an upset. So well, they are favorited, so I know. I locked it in. Uh one uh spread that I like as well. And this one honestly kind of shocked me. Uh Chiefs versus 49ers. I was Chiefs also... at, yeah, Chiefs at minus two and a half. And Look, the 49ers are a great football team. They're a very good team, but the Chiefs are top tier. And I can't see the Niners winning this game. And I also can't see the Chiefs winning by only a field or anything less than a field goal. So the fact that it's minus two and a half, I would be slamming yeah. the Chiefs on that. I like the Chiefs to win by more than that. So the reason why I was debating this game, and like you just said, the 49ers are a good team. And I feel like they fall into that tier where. They're an elite team that's going to upset some possible elite teams too. So I wasn't sure if I should take this one or not because it's 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 very intriguing. You know, you, you look at the Chiefs at minus two and a half, and then you know the 49ers being plus two and a half. 
it's very hard to like look away from those. But I, I mean, just personally, you know, Vegas knows. True. After that I Herbert, like, uh, one touchdown, I don't think I can trust it anymore, to be honest. Yeah. So I'm not going to lock that one in just yet. You know, we can talk about a couple more, feel them out, and then maybe I'll throw that one in. But so one of them that I was really contemplating, but given how big the spread is, I wasn't sure, was the Buccaneers at minus 11 and the Panthers at plus 11. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I looked at that one too, but 11 is a lot. Like, you I rarely know. see it go above like seven and a half, eight. What's so. the, what's the, is it still minus 110 on that? Um, I actually, uh, yeah, yeah, it is minus 110. Yeah. I just, mm, that's another one where it's like, if it was like eight, I would hammer the bucks all day. And, you know, well, if it was like, yeah, if it was like 13 or 14, I'd hammer. Carolina, but it's just like that's such a tough number to work with, you know. Yeah. Well, so a couple weeks ago on uh one of my parlays that I hit, it was small three leg, 15 to win 90. Um, it was the week that the Bills ended up playing the Steelers. Um, similar numbers were put up here. It was it was minus 14 for the Bills and then plus 14 for the Steelers. And then I was really considering taking the Steelers at plus 14 because I feel like for a professional football team to lose by 14 points, obviously it happens all the time, especially when you're playing a top offense against the Bills. But it's just like looking at those odds, it's just like gambling that the Steelers are just going to blow, which lo and behold, it ended, um, that wouldn't have hit obviously because the Bills ended up winning like what, 38 to like three or something like that. Yeah. So I, instead, in turn, I ended up taking – the uh the the under for the game which was at 47 and a half and that ended up hitting so I ended up you know making the correct pick that week yeah but I don't know what to take here because minus 11 for the bucks the bucks have not been looking great obviously we said we think the buccaneers are gonna win but are they gonna beat them by 12 points I mean I definitely I think it's possible uh just because yeah how, it's just know, not a lot. Banged up yeah no, I mean, that is definitely intriguing, though. Um, another spread that I looked at and I kind of like, but again, I'm kind of hesitant. Um, it's the Green Bay Packers minus five versus the Commanders. Like, when you look I, I at that, lock that one in. yeah, like yeah. you look at that and you're like, come on now. Like, it's the Commanders. I know Green Bay hasn't been playing that good, but I just, I don't. It's the see Commanders. Them. It's Aaron yeah. Rodgers. I see them beating them by more than a touchdown. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, so I saw that, and I was like, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah, have that. I'll as lock a lot, that one so. in. I, I like that pick. Austin, you got one more for me before uh, I give yeah. another take that I was. Well, it's. I wouldn't say this one's a lock, but I think Cincinnati minus six is kind of safe. I had that one too. I was looking yeah. at that as well. I was looking at that one as well. Cincy minus six really doesn't look that bad because that's basically saying in the fourth quarter, Atlanta comes and scores a touchdown or to let's say tie it or maybe go up one. Cincy comes back, scores, tie game, OT. I just I don't see a situation where Cincinnati's only winning with a field goal. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Like I don't see it getting to the fourth quarter. And Burrow coming down and not scoring and leaving it up to a kick. Yeah. So 
another thing that was really interesting about this game was going to be the uh, over-under. I was just looking at that. I think under – I actually would take that more. Under 47 and a half? Yeah. So, we know the Bengals have a great offense. I don't consider the Falcons to have a great offense. And, obviously, they balled out last week. I mean, 28 points a majority of the time when a team puts up – when one team puts up that much and the other team is close to putting up that much, the over ends up hitting. But do you guys see the Falcons putting up another 28 points? No. No. Exactly. I mean, maybe, but maybe if their defense, you know, squeaks out a touchdown or something, but. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Um, One more over under that I was just oh, so torn between was going to be the uh, the Lions and the Cowboys. It's a, it put it 49 right now. Wow. With, oh, I, it, it's, it's high, but we know that the Lions have had games where they just throw up points. I mean, look at that Seattle, the uh, Seattle and Lions game. They put they end up putting a combined of like almost eighty points, and then moving into a week where Dak Prescott comes back, we don't know how good Dak's going to play. Because I mean, really, I don't see the Cowboys necessarily putting up a ton of points, but it's possible. Because if Dak comes back and he turns into the Dak Prescott that all Cowboy fans hope to see or think he's going to be, then that's going to hit. But I was torn yeah. between it because it, it could it could just be a bust. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that makes me nervous about that is Dallas has shown they have a really good defense. Um, So it's like, do I think that the Lions can put up close to 30 points uh, or, or, you know, mid-20s against Dallas? Like 25 I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's a tough one for sure. And like you said, it's it's really dependent on Dak. So, yeah. Um, Let's see. So one more spread. So uh, I'll give out one more spread. If you guys have another one, we can throw it out there. And then we'll, you know, confirm the pick and wrap up this episode. But I was looking at the Colts and the Titans. Now, the reason why this one was so tough for me is because I really feel like this game could go either way. Um, So the Colts are at plus two and a half. So they are not favored. The Titans are at minus two and a half. Now, uh, it's just, it's so tough looking at that game because either team's going to win. And as long as the team wins, Whichever spread you end up taking hits. So, yeah, exactly. you guys got any takes on this? I mean, I, I don't honestly. Who is it again? Colts versus Colts Titans. Titans. I mean, with the Colts looked decent last week, and I'm hoping that they look even better with Jonathan Taylor back. I the fact that they're not favored that game, I kind of like that. Like, I, I would. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Do I? I just see I'm personally. I just see Derrick Henry running like an animal. Yeah. Sorry, Austin, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, I just feel like the Colts have it in them to mm-hmm. take that game. Like, don't get me wrong, I could see Tennessee winning. But, like, just thinking about it now, I just – I see the Colts winning that game, like, probably, like, eight out of ten times in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the the what's it called? The problem with the Titans is they the only offense that they really have is Derrick Henry. Their wide receivers have not shown out. I think their their defense is like middle of the pack as well as the Colts, I believe. So I it really depends on how Henry plays. I think that'll be the game determining fact. Well, so I think he has a good game regardless. I think that being, you know, the monster of that offense, the only weapon in that offense, he's gonna have a good game. But is it enough? Because at that point it just comes down to Matt Ryan. If Matt Ryan can, you know, keep up pressure. 
and such, I think the Colts take it. I agree. I like the Colts in that one, but it's, right. it's a toss-up, though, for sure. Um, All right, so I'll throw on the Colts. And then if we got one more we want to throw on there, I might throw it on. But... Uh, this isn't a spread or anything like that or an over-under, but one more, um, like, more individual player one. Again, we don't we don't know what it is going to be right now, but Tyreek Hill uh, for receiving yards. Honestly, at this point, I think you could just take the overconfidence, <laughs> especially with with Tua coming back. Most likely, they're playing Pittsburgh, so not a great defense, especially right now. So, I like whatever Tyreek Hill's line is going to be for his receiving yards. I would like to take the over on that. Again, don't know what it is yet, but I would be pretty confident with that. So, yeah, I do like that. So, at the moment, guys, we got. The Giants at plus three, the Colts at plus two and a half, and the Packers minus five. Now, I personally, I feel pretty comfortable with those picks. The um only other one I was thinking about taking. Now, I don't think the Bears win beat the pass by any means. But I was thinking about taking the um either the over for that game, because it's it's 39 and a half. Or I was gonna take the uh the Bears spread, which is plus eight and a half. Now, personally, I was kind of leading away from the Bears spread just because plus eight and a half, the Bears suck. Justin Fields probably will not put up points. But David Montgomery, um, I, know, I know he's played the last couple weeks or the last like week or two, but the Bears do have a great run game, just like the Patriots. And I just I see this being like a run heavy game where there's not necessarily going to be a crazy amount of scoring. Now, 39 and a half, each, point, each team puts up 20 points or, you know, one team puts up 14, the other one puts up, you know, 21 or 27 or 28. That's all going to hit. Mm-hmm. So, any insight on that? Is that, a, is that a no-go? Is that a green light? Is that a, is that a yellow light? That's, that's a yellow light. It's a yellow light? <laughs> that's, that one's a yellow light. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree, yeah. All right, so I think we'll just keep this, this uh, three-leg parlay for now. Maybe going forward, we can get a little bit more abstract from, but we'll see how this one fares. Just to finally lock it in, we got three picks: Giants plus three and a half, Packers minus five, or sorry, sorry, Giants plus three, Packers minus five, Colts plus two and a half. Let's. See. I just put that in as a parlay, and it's plus five ninety-five. I think for me at least. Yeah, I would feel pretty safe putting that under in there too. Which under? The forty-seven-five one on, uh, shoot, on, on the, the uh, Falcons and Bengals. I, th- I believe so. Yeah, you said under. You're talking about that one. That that no no no. I'm sorry. The one I'd feel more confident is the uh, forty-nine under with Dallas and Detroit. Oh, I know that one's just so worrisome for me. But I mean. I just I just don't see him putting up 50 points, personally. All right. Fuck it. We'll add it on. Four picks now. Fifth, oh, sorry. 15 to win 150. Wow. It's locked in. I like so, that. We'll get back to you guys next week. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, one thing that we want to do moving forward is keeping – a better track of our picks, like the people that we tell you guys to start or that we're high on, we're going to start, you know, maybe reflecting on those, what happened to them that week and such, you know, moving forward. It's going to be the same thing with our bets. You know, we'll, we'll try and bring up the, you know, the parlay every single week before we give you guys another one 
to see if we're trustworthy or not. But thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, just one, uh, uh, one thing I wanted to shout out is that we do have an Instagram. It's love.cast. Uh, go give it a follow. Uh, you know, we always give our updates whenever a new episode comes out. And we have a very wide range of stuff, guys. We have a lot of football, a lot of basketball coming in the near future, especially because, you know, the NBA season just starting up. Uh, Cam and Austin are going to be handling that. So very excited to give that a listen. We have a ton of UFC stuff. Uh, we actually interview some UFC fighters or and contending UFC fighters. Personally, great listens. I've enjoyed everything that those guys had to say. So I can't speak higher about them, but. Take care, guys. See you guys next week. Yeah. Peace, peace out, guys.